Revive me, revive the people. The church has left the building, and love's become the steeple. Let it be that the family's gone, the nothing's held back. Every glory shown, 'cause it's been a long, long, long time coming for these people getting in line. It's been a long, long, long time coming, but it's all. Time. We're sitting on praying hands, ain't the way it's gonna be. It's been a long time coming now, and I'm ready for the world to see. And they'll see revival when we see revival, and we gotta live out daily revival. Then we'll see revival. Usher in a new era. It's never too late with God to see Abraham and Sarah, and it's worship without ceasing. With ourselves becoming lesser, Jesus increasing. 'Cause it's been a long, long, long time coming for the people getting on. It's been a long, long, long time coming, but it's all been a matter of His time. Yeah. We're sitting on praying. Ain't the way it's gonna be. It's been a long time coming now, and I'm ready for the world to see. And they'll see revival when we see revival, and we gotta live out daily revival, and then we'll see revival. When God is finally done with me, I will be who He wants me to be. When God is finally done with me, I will be who He wants me to be. And on the way. Destiny. I wanna get closer every day, and on the way to that destiny, I wanna get closer every day, and they'll see revival when we see revival. We gotta live out any revival if we will see revival, revival.
All right, man. Justin, thank you for that worship, man. So, uh, so yeah, I'm preaching this Sunday, in case y'all didn't know. Uh, Pastor Jack and a bunch of guys from North Point, they are currently right now in Arkansas. Uh, they have not reached a hunting lodge yet, but they are on a duck hunting trip. And uh, be praying for them. They have a great time of fellowship, a great time of worship together, a really good time of hunting. Um, it's a... It's a blessing for them to be able to do that. You know, uh, just being real with y'all, been a tough week for a lot of people. Um, we have uh, Tom Ramsey. Uh, we'll continue to keep him in prayers. Uh, he's still in the hospital. His, uh, his situation hasn't really changed. Continue to pray for Tom as he battles COVID. Um, pray for uh, Jackie Goble. Uh, she's dealing with uh, COVID right now as well. She lost, I believe, some of her taste, and uh, just be with uh, be be with her uh, in prayer, and uh, just join me if we pray for them, pray for Jack. I'm praying for the church. Uh, it's not easy going two or three weeks without fellowshipping together. Um, but as y'all know, uh, the church is not the building; the church is the people. And as I get on Facebook, or as I go out in town, as I see our Facebook, uh, our North Point family, uh, I'm always encouraged when I see everyone. Um, the goal is to preach Jesus. The goal is to share Jesus. And uh, a building really doesn't have anything to do with that than uh, us coming together. And uh, please hear it from my heart. I miss every one of you. And it's a frustrating time, but uh, right now I'm just going to uh, open up in prayer and we will uh, get started. Father God, just so grateful, Father. So grateful for who you are. Grateful for your love. Grateful for your compassion. Grateful, Father, that you are a healing God, that you are the great physician. Right now, we lift up Tom Ramsey. We lift up Jackie. We lift up anyone right now that's uh, uh, coming out of COVID or still going with COVID within the church and our community and in the world. And, Father, just I pray that you put your healing hand upon them. Touch them in a great and mighty way, Father. Lord, may this... Uh, circumstances they're going through, Father, Lord, on the other side, I pray that they'll be able to rejoice and, and, and share in your goodness and your faithfulness. And Father, I'll be honest, there's been some that have battled COVID that you called home. And Father, we don't know the time or the day when you call us home, Father, but some of them that have went on before us, Father, I pray for their family that are left behind, Father, Lord, that you comfort them and love them and watch over them, Father. Lord, I pray for today's message, God, that you will speak through me, that the people won't hear me, but they will hear you through your word. I pray that what I say makes sense. God, I pray that what I say will make people mad, because everything I'm going to say is coming from your word, Father, and your word is offensive to this world. So if there's anyone who doesn't know you, I pray that they are offended by your love. I pray that they are offended by your grace. I pray that they are offended by a different way of living life. And God, I'm just grateful for what you're going to do today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, fellas, so is this, is this a good spot? Tell me what I need to do. I want to make sure everything's situated before I get started. Is it good? All right, all right, good, good. All right, so I'm um, <clears throat> going to start in the scripture today from uh, Matthew, Matthew chapter 4, if you get out your Bibles, 
Matthew chapter 4. Justin asked me what I was going to preach on, and for some reason, the past couple, little while, um, God laid on my heart about Matthew, uh, Jesus, before his ministry started, he had to go through 40 days trial and temptation. And the more I've thought about it, the more I've prayed about it. And all of a sudden, this past week, with uh, everything that's going on in our country, uh, people need hope. People don't know where to turn. You have some people who are super angry about the way the government's doing. You have some people that are, that are um, just in complete disarray. You have some people that are bringing up um, divisiveness. You, got, you have some people, and, and, and all this while, some people are using the banner of Christianity. Some people are using the banner of racism. Some people are using the banner of, of anything. And, and so what God has shown me today is we need to have a clear view. We need to, we need to step back and put our focus back on him. And I know our country seems to be in disarray, but why serve a God who is always in control? I serve a God who sits on the throne. I serve a God who looks out for my best interest. And guys, you know, we think we have it bad. I preached this before, but guys, go over to China. Go over to other countries where it's against the law to be a Christian. It's against the law to have freedoms. It's against the law to even vote. You think we got it bad? They got it bad. But the difference there and here is their faith is flourishing. The more Satan, the more the world pushes against them, the more their faith grows. And that's our challenge, I think, for this morning is no matter the situation of our country, our focus has to be on the one who has saved us. We need to get the focus off ourselves. Guys, yes, our vote is very important. Yes, who we vote for is very important. But what's the most important thing of all is who do you serve? So we're starting the scripture. Chapter, Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 11. And Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. I'm going to stop right now. Um, I saw a preacher say this. It doesn't say, and I saw this on somewhere, Instagram or something. It doesn't say that Satan took Jesus to be tempted. It said the Spirit led Jesus to be tempted. The Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. And what does that tell me? And what should it tell you? This preacher said it should show us that God doesn't want us to be comfortable. He wants us to be uncomfortable. The most important thing in your life is not living in comfort, but being developed as a believer. Every, have you ever thought about this, brothers and sisters? Every difficult circumstance that you go through is pointed to bring you closer to Jesus Christ. Every difficult circumstance that you go through in your life God is wanting to use that to test you, to draw him closer to him, draw you closer to him. And, and, and guys, there are a lot of believers out there who think being a, being a Christian is all hunky-dory. It is not. It is not. But the thing is, on the inside, we have peace that goes beyond all understanding that no matter the circumstances, no matter the temptation, no matter the trial, we serve God. And guys, if you're going through a difficult time right now, it does not mean that God has turned his back on you. It just means he's growing you. He's growing you. How about, 
How about an amen for a father that wants to help us to grow? How about an amen for a father that wants to see us mature? So guys, it wasn't Satan that took him there. The Spirit led him there. And guess what? God's going to take you places that you don't like. He's going to make you feel things that you don't want to feel. Because at the end of the day, you've got to take Kurt out of the picture. You've got to take you out of the picture. And you've got to let God reign over your life. You've got to let God be God over your heart. That way, no matter what situation you have to endure, you will know that it will work out for his glory if you keep your focus on him. You take your focus off of him, you're going to start looking like a jackrabbit. You're going to look stupid in front of everybody. You're going to make yourself look like a fool on Facebook. You take the focus off of him and put it on you, you build yourself up. And all you're trying to do then is tear God down. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm about to preach on something else. Let's move on. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. So basically at this point, Jesus was beyond hungry. He was hangry. So um, something, yeah, something I've noticed with my daughter, McKenna. McKenna, I know you're watching. I love you so much. But one, McKenna is always even keel. She is so nice. She is gentle, compassionate. She is loving. But if I see McKenna get an attitude, if I see McKenna get in a certain mood, it's time for her to eat. And, and, And if she doesn't eat, you will pay. You will see a side of McKenna that is not nice. You will see a side of McKenna that is not gentle. So I feed the girl. You know what I mean? Hey, eat. I'll go to McDonald's. Calm down. I'll be right back. But Jesus at this point was hangry. He was beyond hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, Tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no. And I want to stop right there because I love this. If you're looking in your Bible, you'll see it. If you're not, you just have to take my word for it. But it's in red letters, N-O with a capital N-O with an exclamation mark. It says, no. No. Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like we don't tell Satan no enough. Satan comes at you. Some of you are so content, and I've heard Pastor Jack say this, some of you are so content with being a punching bag for Satan. It's time for you to stand up and say no. Jesus didn't say, uh, nah, I'm good. Jesus didn't say no. Jesus didn't say, uh, no, whatever. Jesus looked him eyeball to eyeball and said, no. And guys, I know Satan is against us. And listen, here's the thing about Satan you may not know. God is omnipresent. God is omniscient. He is everywhere, anywhere, at any time that he wants to. But Satan cannot. Satan cannot be anywhere, everywhere when he wants to. That's why he has his demons come at us. That's why he has his uh, servants that serve him come at our family, come at us. And guys, beyond that, sometimes we are our own worst enemy. And sometimes, guys, when I got to get up first thing in the morning, know what I got to do? I've got to pray. I've got to get in the word. And see, the scripture says, 
Jesus said, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. God's word is more important than being hangry. God's word is more important than what you want. Guys, we try to make things about ourselves. And like I said earlier, we need to take ourselves out of the picture and put God God's word that he had given us. Some of you people out there in Facebook land, you've got 50 Bibles sitting in your living room and you don't bother to read it. Some of you come at me and message me every day saying, I'm struggling, Kurt. I don't know what to do. Are you praying? Are you spending time with God? What's the first thing that you do in the morning? What's the last thing you do before you go to sleep? Guys, when I get up in the morning, I have to pray. Because Satan comes at me and I come at myself. The selfish wants and the selfish desires that I have get in the way of my focus on God. You know what I have to do? No! I have to tell myself no. The things that I want, the things that I desire may get in the way of what God really wants for me and wants me to accomplish in his name. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about taking yourself off your throne and serving God? Have you ever thought about the fact that that God's word, what he's given you, has given you access to how to live your life? Have you ever thought about the fact that God wants you to have a roadmap for your life and he's given you one and it's called the Bible? But nobody wants to read it. Guys, it says, people do not live by bread alone. Every word of God that comes, every word that comes from the mouth of God. Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I've, I'm a youth pastor, so I've dealt with teenagers, and I deal with teenagers. And guys, I, I'll be honest, I'm frustrated. You know, I see some people, and, 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 and guys... When you think about it, when you are hungry and you say, I don't want food, I want more of God, that takes discipline. And guys, I've heard this before, and it rings so true. Discipline leads to devotion. Discipline leads to devotion. It takes discipline to tell your body, no, I want God more than I want food. It takes discipline. But guys, one of my big, I got, I'm going to share with you two big pet peeves I got right now. And some of you already know it. You've got these people out there who say, I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm too blessed to be stressed. Guys, if you are a believer, stress is part of your life. But you don't let it overrun your life because you know who is in control of your life. But stress is a part of your life. When somebody says, I'm too blessed to be stressed, I look at my life and I'm like, I live for God, but hey, I still got a brain tumor. Hey, my wife is pregnant, due in four months. Hey, I'm fitting to have four kids I've got to put through school. Hey, I've got to make, I've got to pay the bills. I've got a little bit of stress. Don't get me wrong, I've got a whole lot of stress. And when somebody comes up to me and says, I'm too blessed to be stressed, God, I, I, I want to be like the undertaker. I want to pick him up with a darn tombstone pile driver and slam him through the ground. Why? Because they're, they're, they're living a fake life. If you're not stressed in any way, something's wrong. You're not living. You're, you're not even breathing. But guys, if you're living life, guys... God doesn't want us to go through life being like a dude from Hawaii who's not worried about anything. 
God, God puts us through those stressful times so we can depend on him more. And that, people like that get on my nerves. I'm too blessed to be stressed. Okay, whatever. When, when people say that, the people that say that I always say that to a crowd. You don't ever hear them say that to themselves. And the second thing that gets on my nerves, and guys, everybody on Facebook world, Justin Brent, y'all here, y'all heard this. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to leave this church and I'm going to come over here because I just don't feel like I've been fed. I don't feel like I've been fed. Oh, my word, y'all. That gets on my nerves. It's like, Kurt, why are you saying that's a legitimate concern? It, it, it's equivalent of a 17-year-old youth coming into the youth house when I've got pizza or, or chicken nuggets and they're saying, Kurt, feed me. Kurt, feed me. And, and, and not, 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 in, not in a way of, of, of you know, uh, please, please help me, I'm hungry, in the way of they're too lazy to go get the food themselves. So i tell you what I do when they come in. Hey, Kurt, where'd the food at? Can you get it for me? Hey, dude, right here on the table is the food. Right there's the plate. Pick up the plate, put the food on the plate, get you a drink, sit down, and eat. You got to learn to take care of yourself. You got to learn to feed yourself. It's not about what Jack Phillips can preach, not what I can preach, not about what North Point can do. Guys, it's about a personal relationship with your Savior, with Jesus Christ. And some of y'all are 52 years old and you're not, you're not any further along. You, you have the spiritual maturity of a six-year-old. And that's frustrating to me. And I know I'm making some of y'all mad and you're probably turning off Facebook right now. The, the numbers have probably went from 40-something down to 15. I don't care. God laid a word on my heart. I'm going to preach it, okay? But guys, if, you, if you've been a Christian for so long, you've got to grow and you've got to learn to feed yourself because it is a relationship. It's not a once a week thing where you come, get filled up, then all of a sudden you go live hell like the rest of the week. It is a continual relationship. That's why I say every morning, get up, pray. Every morning, get up, read the word. The word is more important than eating. The word is more important than anything. Why is the word so important to us? Because God leads us. He guides us. He gives us direction. How many people in Facebook land right now are saying to themselves, God, what do you want me to do? And God's simply saying, talk to me and read my word. Talk to me and read my word. Verse 5. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Then Jesus responded, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Okay, so back in that day, Herod the Great was the king or whatever you want to call it. But he took Jerusalem and, and basically whatever building Jerusalem had, Herod was known for expanding. He was known for building great buildings. And he actually took the, the temple in Jerusalem and he expanded it. He made it bigger. And so the very point that Satan took Jesus to was on the southwest corner of the temple. 
And once, twice, three times a day, a Jewish priest would get up on top of that. And guys, it was 164 feet tall, 15 stories high. And these priests would get up there with a trumpet, with a horn, and blow the horn. And the horn signified, hey, this is time for us to get together and pray. This is time for us to worship. This is time for us to fellowship. And the horn also signified, hey, remember what God has done for us. I'm going to stop right there. What are you doing in your life to remind you of what God has done for you? Some of you, and, some, and I'm, me included, we, for, we forget so quickly the blessings that God had given to us in our life that when difficult circumstances come, we will be the first to say, God, why have you left me? When if you look back at your life, you see where God's hand was in all situations guiding you and protecting you. Some of you need to make a point to blow that horn of remembrance. Some of you need to blow that horn as a, as a, as a, a remembrance of we need to get together as a remembrance of what God has done. So here Jesus is at the top of the building. And see, here's the thing. Satan wanted Jesus to jump and Jesus very well could call on the angels to save him. But here's the thing. It wasn't time for Jesus to do that. Jesus didn't want to test God, test the power. Jesus knew that God would have helped him. Jesus knew that the angels would have came, but it wasn't time. And not only that, I think Satan said this in a way to Jesus, said, listen, Jesus, you've not started your ministry yet. You've not started your ministry yet. So what, what a great thing would it be if you jumped off this building in front of all these people and the angel came and saved you. That would be fantastic. You, you would get so many followers. That goes against what Jesus was trying to do. We know Jesus as humble. We know Jesus as kind. We know him as loving. We do not know Jesus as being flashy. Hey, guys, watch this. I'm going to jump off this 15-story building and the angels are going to catch me. Will you believe me then? And see, God laid this on my heart. Some of you believers are all about work, 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 work. Show, 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 show. Hey, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Some of you, it's almost like you're on a treadmill and you're running in the same place. And see, see, guys, it, God don't like flash. He just wants you to do what he called you to do. It doesn't matter if you do a hundred things. And that's one of, the, one of the things I love about North Point Church and, and what God has laid on Jack's heart is he tries to simplify everything so that we can be with family. I'll be honest with you. I spend all my time with family. I spend a lot of time with my family. I do not spend as much time in the youth house as I do with my family. See, Jack's okay with that. He wants us to be with our family. He wants us to. But guys, I've come from churches where they expect you to be there for 10 hours a day. And then when you clock out at 5 o'clock, if somebody's in the hospital, hey, don't go home to your wife and kids. Go to the hospital and be with them. It's more of a job. See, in, in a simple environment like this, I can do what God's called me to do. It's giving me time to love the, the most important thing, which is my God, my family, and then gives me plenty of time to love the youth and the church. But guys, there's some believers out there, you, you look good on the outside, but on the inside, you're not doing what God's called you to do. I, listen, my, my cousin Christian, I love her out there, she's out there. She went, she saw a Honda, no, it was a Toyota 4Runner. 
They went to a dealership. She saw a Toyota 4Runner. She loved it. She's like, Daddy, Peepaw, will you come with me? Let's go check out this Toyota 4Runner, Highlander, or whatever it is. She got in there. She drove it. Man, she's talking about making payments and all of that. But hey, listen here. Thank God for daddies, right? Thank God for daddies. So they get back to the dealership. They're talking payments. I mean, she's she close to signing the bottom line. And, and, and my Uncle Mark, in his infinite wisdom, said, hey, can you pop the hood on this car? I'd like to see what's in, underneath the hood. Has God ever done that with you? <laughs> hey, you, you're doing all this good stuff in church, but can we pop the hood to see what your heart looks like? And the guy said, yeah, sure. They popped the hood on that thing, and guess what? This darn car had come, come, come from somewhere down south that had been in a flood. It had mud baked into the engine. Woo! And Mark's like, what in the world are y'all trying to sell my daughter? And the guy comes, ho, 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 uh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Hey, listen, um, it doesn't mean the car don't drive good. In fact, your daughter says the car does drive good. You know, why would we buy a car that it's obvious it's been in a flood? Um, um, listen, we will extend your warranty. We will clean this up. It will look brand spanking new. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm kind of okay with this right now because, you know, it doesn't hurt to have extra warranty, you know what I mean? And then in his infinite wisdom, oh, thank, thank God for fathers, right? Thank God for the, the Father in heaven who looks after us. But in Mark's infinite wisdom, he says, hey, I, I'm going to check the oil on this bad boy. I mean, this thing's like a 2014, 2015 Toyota. You know what I mean? Toyotas last forever. He pulls out the diptych on that bad boy. There ain't a drop of oil on it. He says, what in the world is this? And the guy said, what's wrong? He said, it's dry as a bone. He said, oh, oh, that's the way them new cars are. It, it, the oil won't show up on the dipstick. And Mark's like, hey, Christian, you got to get out of here. This is a bad situation. We're not doing this. And guys, some of you are running yourself so ragged for show, for show. Hey, look at me, look at me, look at me. Look how great I am. And on the inside, you missed the focus. You missed the point. The point is not about you, but giving glory to God through your circumstances that God can receive glory. Some of you are doing so many things in your churches that you're robbing other people of opportunity to serve God. You want to be Superman. You want to be Superwoman. And these people are feeling uh, uh, self-esteem low to the ground because they don't feel like they can serve God. And they don't feel like they're good enough as Superman or Superwoman. But on the inside, under the hood, you're junk. On the inside, under the hood, you've got no oil. And here's the great thing about it. God wants to take, God will take you. And he'll take all that mud out. God will take that motor out. He'll give you a brand new one. God will take it and give you something infinitely better if you will just trust him. If you will just let him do a mighty thing in your life, in your heart. Guys, it's not about show. Jesus isn't about show. He's about loving people. He's about sacrificing his life for his people. And we need to reflect that. When, when you get to heaven, God's not going to say, 
Thank you for, you know, hey, Sunday school director, discipleship training, usher. Um, the only thing you didn't do in the church was uh, preach. You know, God's not going to look at that. God's going to look at how much time you spent focused on him, fighting tooth and nail, going to war against Satan. Guys, listen, if you want to make somebody mad, make Satan mad. Have you ever thought about that? Don't make your wife mad. Don't make your kids mad. Don't make your best friends mad. Make Satan mad. And the way that you can make Satan mad, you can tick him off, is to start living for God, live in obedience in his word. Spend time with God in prayer. Turn off the TV. Turn off the football. Put down the phone. Spend time in prayer. God, first thing I do every morning when I take my kids to school, I stop in the school parking lot. I hold McKenna's hand, I hold Elena's hand, and I hold Maverick's hand all at one time, and I pray over my kids. I pray over my kids. Every morning. Why? Because it's important to me that who the kids see up here on Wednesday nights up on the stage, who the kids are seeing right now on stage, their daddy preaching, I am the same person who is preaching to you as I am when I'm sitting with them at home. I am the same man. And guys, some of you don't live. Listen, one of, one of my biggest, another pet peeve I have is our college kids, our college students are going off to colleges and their professor, or, 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 um, I'm polit Mr. Politically Correct, Mr. You know, uh, walks around all high and mighty and they tell them, uh, Jesus is just an idea. That's just an idea. Christianity is just an idea. And what happens after four years? Your kids get brainwashed. And they come home and, and, and they come home and they sit in church and, and, and they used to be excited about hearing the word of God and, and, and now they're, they're, they're just brainwashed. And that gets on my nerve. Guys, and I think that falls back a little bit on parents because we're not being real with our kids. Husbands are not being real with their wives. Wives are not being real with their husbands. Parents are not being real with their kids about their spiritual walk. I don't want Maverick to look at me and say, Daddy's got it all together. He's got it down pat. Because I promise you, son, I don't. I'm just a man and I make mistakes. I don't want McKenna and Malena to look at me and say, man, I wish I could just have what Daddy has. Because they can, and they already have what I have. And the only way that they can see that is I'm real with them about my struggles, my spiritual struggles, my physical struggles, my faith in God. And guys, this past week, I had a God moment. I'm going to be honest with you. We, we're kind of having a big decision that we're having to pray about, and it's a private thing. And so... Um, we were sitting together as a family and we we're just talking about it. You know, the pros, what are the pros? What are the cons? You know, is this a step that we need to take? Is this something that we need to do? And then my nine-year-old daughter, Melania, sitting beside me and she said, well, I don't know about y'all. She said, but I see God all over this. I think this is a God moment. And if you don't go through with it, you're not going to be following God. And I'm like, who is this nine-year-old that's speaking God to me? I loved it. 
I loved it. It just filled my heart with so much joy to hear her speak with authority, godly authority, because she has a relationship with God. She comes home every day and praying for her friends. She comes home every day having difficult days. She's the one that gives me the hard questions. She's the one that said, Daddy, if I prayed this morning I would have a good day at school, and I didn't. What do you say about that? How do I answer that? But to be real with them. And guys, that's what's happening with our generation. Moms, dads, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you better start living it. And not just living it for yourself. You need to start living it in front of your kids. Man, I am so grateful. Golly, guys, I've got this book right here. And in the front, this Bible was presented to Curtis. I know everybody calls me Kurt. My name is Curtis. I like being called Kurt. I don't know why. But this was presented to Curtis on the 5th day of May in 1991 by Mama Paulette. Happy birthday. I love you. Guys, this year I turned 40. 30 years ago, my grandmother gave me this Bible when I was 10 years old. Two years later, guys, I got saved. And, and listen, you want to be a hero in the church? It's not the guy, it's not the woman that's doing everything in the church. The heroes to me are the moms and dads who don't have two dimes to rub together, who get their kids up to church. Bring them to church on Sunday morning. The moms and dads who work 12 hours and still bring their kids to youth. Those are the heroes. The grandparents who, who get their kids a Bible. Would she have known that 30 years later I'd be on the stage preaching right now? I don't know. Maybe God showed her. But this is the Bible that got me started. She cared enough to give me God's word. She cared enough to show me. And then on the flip side, my, my me, my, my people. They picked me up every Sunday morning from the time I got saved all the way till I got into ministry. And they picked me up. We, we used to go to McDonald's before church every Sunday morning, get a gravy biscuit and go to church. And then later on, Meemaw started cooking breakfast. So it, it went from okay breakfast to every Sunday morning, you couldn't ask for anything better. And what was we doing? They were taking me to church. And guys, don't, don't get it confused. It's not... Stepping through the building that changed your life. It's me seeing God make an impact in me, my own people's life that made me want more of what they got. Guys, are your kids, are your grandkids looking at you and saying, I want that? Aunts, uncles, cousins, do you have small kids in your life? Are they looking at you and saying, I want what they have? That's why Jesus didn't jump off the show. He knew what needed to be done. He knew that he needed to be meek. He needed to be humble. He needed to take the long way around because the greatest thing would fit to happen three years later when he rose from the grave. Devil wasn't expecting that. Moving on. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. He said, I will give it all to you if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan. For the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. 
Guys, even Satan is so full of himself that he thought that the Son of God, keep in mind, 40 days fasting, Jesus physically is weak. He's done what no man can do. And the last thing he says, look, if you would just worship me, I'll give this to you anyway. I will give all of this to you. And Jesus says, you must only worship and serve God. Jesus, Jesus more or less said, hey, my father owns a cattle of a thousand hills. And what you've got to offer me here, what I've got in store is greater. And some of you right now, you are, on, you are at your wits end. <coughs> you are hanging by the thread of a rope and you don't know what to do. Satan is tempting you. He's telling you to lie. He's telling you to cheat. He's telling you to do things that you know you don't need to do. And you feel like you're so weak that, that the only thing you know you can do is that. Because you don't feel like God is anywhere. Guys, you got to look past Satan and you got to see God, what he wants for you. And I promise you, you stay on the path with God, you're going to do okay. You're going to be okay. God's going to put people in your life that will help you, that will pray for you, that, that will lead you and guide you. And more importantly, they will strengthen your relationship with the Heavenly Father. Guys, Jesus... This is what I love about Jesus so much. Jesus, he isn't a man that says, do this, do this, do this. And you're going to be okay. Actually, I take it back. He sort of is. I thank God for the boundaries that Jesus and God has given us. Think about it, guys. What the world is telling you, oh, the Bible says you can't do this and this. Those things that the Bible says you can't do is what's saving your life. It's for saving your, your family for generation and generation to come. Those things in the Bible that Jesus is asking you to do is what's going to save your marriage. We just need to put Jesus back in our focus and follow him. But guys, Jesus is a loving Savior. Jesus went through all of this. Je Jesus went through all of this. God allowed Jesus to endure all of this as a test to see what he was made of. And at the end of this test, what did Jesus tell Satan to do? Get out of Dodge. Get out of here. Well, I don't want you around here. And he did it to set as a test. And guys, some of you are being tested right now. And God wants to see what you're made of. Do you believe this or are you just playing it out? Do you believe this or are you just being fake? Do you believe this or maybe you've not matured? Jesus is so loving that he went through all these trials and temptations to show us I'm going to make a way for you. To show us, and I love this so much about Jesus. Guys, listen, please. Through this 40 days, every pain, every heartache, every tear that you have cried Jesus knows what it's like. 
Jesus knows what it's like to hurt. Jesus knows what it's like to be alone. And Jesus knows what it's like to struggle, to keep the focus on the Father. I, I, if he didn't, I wouldn't be able to serve him. But he does. He knows everything that I feel in my heart. And that's why I love him. He knows what it's like to be me. He knows what it's like to be you. No other God, no other Savior in all of time and all of humanity can say that. And he took that love. He took, that, he took the hope. He took my shame. And he died on the cross for me and you so that we can have a way, so that we can have eternity with him, so that we can sit at the foot of the Father and worship him and praise him. And, and we can have a full understanding of every heartache that we go through. We will have a clear picture. God, I see now why you let me go through this trial. I see now why you let me go through this temptation. It's to bring me closer to you. To bring me to this moment where I'm at your feet worshiping you and thanking you. Oh. This time, Justin, I'm going to have Justin come up and just start playing. Guys, Jesus loves you so much. He cares for you. He desires a personal relationship with you. The God of all the universe desires you. Guys, if you're going through a difficult circumstance right now, please listen to me. The scripture says to cling to God. Cling on to Jesus. Hold on to him. Stay with him. Fight tooth and nail. Stay with him. Stay in the presence of Jesus and invite your friends, invite your family. Because guys, come hell or high water, when you're in the presence of Jesus, you will not be denied. God's power, his love will not be denied by any circumstance that you will endure. Any circumstance that you will go through, your love and, 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 and your love and admiration for him would only grow, but it's your choice. You have the choice. When you wake up in the morning, guys, what are you going to do? Are you going to tell Satan, no? Or are you going to tell Satan, nah? The choice is yours. Are you going to follow God? Or are you going to do your own thing and say, God, I don't need you? Well, be careful if you say that because one of these days, when your time has come, you say, God, I'm one of your people. And he's like, I, you never needed me, so I don't need you. Don't be that person. Guys, get on Facebook. Text Jack, Debbie, text the staff. If you need Jesus in your life, do it this morning. I know, hey, it's just me, Justin, and Brent here, but the Spirit of God is working. 
It's going to work through Facebook. God can use anything and everything that he wants. Don't let this moment pass by. Seek after him. Fall on your face. You need to repent of your sin. Turn away from your sin and follow Jesus. And if you're looking for a way, if you're looking for a map, if you're looking for a purpose, by golly, fight, fight tooth and nail and get in your word. There's hope for you today. And his name is Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He loves you. He wants you. Live for him today. Father God, we just come before you this morning. So grateful for your word. And thank you, Father, for your love. And Father, I imagine I probably ticked off some people. But God, what I've said, I've tried to say it from your word, Father. And I pray, Father, anyone on Facebook or wherever they may see this, that they do not have a personal relationship with you. They do not understand the fullness of your love. They do not understand, Father, that your love goes deeper than any sin that we could commit. Your love covers it all. If we repent and trust you, if we can't repent and live for you, if we accept you as Savior, that's what we want today, Father. Father, our world is in the middle of chaos. Be our peace. Be our salvation. And when the when, when, when the world is burning down, Father, be our joy. Be our hope. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Sorrow, you're waving your white flag. You're giving up on the ghost now. Just giving them your back. Build upon the empire. Upon a servant's heart Give yourself to one another Cause you can't do it apart You can't do it all apart Don't let it be lost upon you Find faith in what you're going through and know Jesus is going to Be with you through it all Be with you through it all Oh, oh, oh. So don't go alone into your battle With the traps of your troubles 
When your focus gets distracted And all your dreams seem to crumble, crumble, crumble Talk to me, brother You know that silence can be fatal There's power in supplication And that power turns the tables, table Don't let it be lost upon you From faith in what you're going through And know Jesus is going to Be with you through it all Be with you through it all but now I see Found in the love of a Savior Blind, but now I see Found in the love of a Savior be lost upon you from faith in what you're going through no Jesus is going to be with you through it all be with you through it all don't let it be lost upon you from you're going through oh, Jesus is going to be with you through it all be with you through it all